Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Extension Experience Podcast. I'm Dana Zook. This morning, I am back on OSU's campus in the Animal Science Department. I am here with Jeff Roby, our Oklahoma Quality Beef Network Coordinator. Welcome, Jeff. Hello, Dana. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, so Jeff joined us last year about this time to talk about OQBN, or Oklahoma Quality Beef Network. Um, Jeff, just remind our, our listeners who you are, where you're from, kind of why you're here. Give us a little background. So a little background. Uh, I am working on a graduate degree, doing some research on vaccinations in beef calves, utilizing different timing and viral components. Recently finished my undergraduate degree at University of Arkansas and uh, came over here to OSU to work on this master's degree. So I'm excited about the opportunity. And in the midst of it, uh, I got to work uh, in the Oklahoma Quality Beef Network program. Yeah, and we are so glad Jeff has been here. It's been awesome to have someone kind of coordinating the program from campus, helping with tag sales. So we're going to talk a little bit about preconditioning this morning because that is really the meat of the matter, right, Jeff? What is preconditioning? It's a big word, um, but tell us a little bit about what your definition of preconditioning would be. Well, preconditioning is exactly what it the word what says it, says, it is, right? right? Yeah. Yes. Um, we're conditioning animals. Uh, we're preparing them for the next segment of the beef industry. And we do that through a series of uh, health management protocols, nutrition programs to get them uh, used to eating, uh, higher concentrate feeds, uh, training them to eat out of a bunk, you know, oh, yeah. and, and also watering troughs uh, or automatic waterers. These are things that are just going to help that animal for uh, a greater success level at the next next segment. Why would a producer do preconditioning? Because we know that not all people use this practice, right Jeff? No, not everybody uses it. Uh, it is increasing in popularity, but it still is a small percentage of the overall calf crop mm-hmm. in the United States. But producers are seeing value in it. And that's one of the main reasons uh, that producers precondition their animals is they're trying to add value to their calves. You know, there's uh, there's also the welfare, animal welfare component that comes along with it. Um, you're just providing these animals with that good health protocol, good nutrition. Uh, but the main reason is the producers are, are trying to add value to their calves. Okay, and that that really is the main point to this, Jeff, because so when we talk about preconditioning, we're saying these producers are keeping their calves beyond the weaning day, okay, for a certain period of time. We would always say 45 days, right? Something like that, but um, it's not always defined, but preconditioning you know, is keeping those calves beyond weaning, doing those things. I'm glad you mentioned animal welfare and adding value, whether that's weight gain and from the health perspective. And so what's the situation with health during this post-weaning period? 
<laughs> well, uh, it can be a train wreck. It can be. We've seen it, right? We've seen that. So you, during a preconditioning period, this the animal is, is experiencing one of the most stressful points of its life, right? It's the, the calf is being separated from the dam. And so this is just puts enormous amounts of stress on the animal. And so that's part of the preconditioning period is to, is to give that animal time to adjust to that stress before being marketed. And so along with that, we also have a series of health protocols that, that we recommend to producers during that period, a series of vaccinations for BRD, uh, respiratory disease is still the leading contributor to economic loss in the feedlot setting. And so this is one thing that, like I said, we're trying to improve that animal's chances of, of success at that next stage of the industry. And so we give, we, we recommend those, those vaccines for BRD, also um, for shipping fever, the pneumonia vaccine, and then also clostridials, you know, black leg is a, it's a sneaky disease, right? Mm-hmm. You, Very it, it'll, it'll, it'll take your best calf out here today, gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we recommend two rounds of, uh, of black leg as well, the clostridial vaccines. And so a lot of this added value that you've talked about, really adding health components to that really adds value because that calf is more robust in the next segment, whether it's wheat pasture or feedlot, the feedlot sector, especially the feedlot sector, right, Jeff? I mean, there's a lot of benefits to feedlots to buying calves that are set and ready to go. Absolutely. You know, that's one thing that 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 the next person that buys those calves, they're probably going to vaccinate them. Mm-hmm. And to know that they've already been vaccinated, well, that just adds value to the animal, um, knowing that they don't have to vaccinate them and knowing that they've already been weaned for, you know, a certain period of time, 45 days, 60 days. Those buyers, they recognize that value by adding that additional steps to that animal. And one thing it also does is it, it addresses that antibiotic stewardship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the beef industry has really come under some major scrutiny over the last couple of years with the use of antibiotic treatment in feedlot settings. And so what this does is it helps reduce that need for mass treatment of animals. And it just, it produces immune competent cattle that are just, they're more ro- robust, like you said, mm-hmm. and just they're feedlot ready. Mm-hmm. So you're, we're vaccinating during preconditioning. It's a vaccine. It's I like to say priming the immune system for things that might occur later on, any stressors or that sort of thing that might occur, preventing some antibiotic use to treat that sickness that may occur, right? Sure, right. That's kind of like, I know there is some confusion about vaccines and antibiotics and what do each of those things do, but I think a lot of people these days probably know vaccine is, is used to prevent certain things and the antibiotic is a treatment. Correct. So by using vaccines, we're, like you said, preventing some of that sickness, decreasing morbidity and mortality Mm -hmm. in later segments. Right. Yep. From the OQBN standpoint, what what sort of nutrition protocols would you recommend? Do we want to become our own little miniature feed yard and put four pounds a day on these calves? (laughs) Well, okay, so this is the part where you really have to be careful when you're preconditioning your calves because they will eat up any sort of profit. So you don't want to feed them like they're show cattle. Yes. (laughs) 
or a, or a feedlot steer or something right, like that. Exactly. Yeah. But it is important. You have to remember too. At this point in the in the calf's life, as they're growing, they're putting on muscle. Right. They haven't really got to that fat deposition point in their in their lives yet. So it's important that you feed them a feed that is high in protein because mm-hmm. it's going to help build that muscle. And that's really the the stage of tissue deposit that they're at at this point in their life. And so it's important to pay attention to that. But also, this is the part that also takes some planning, right? Right. And like you were saying, we don't want to put four pounds a day on this calf yet. Yeah, that's a lot. A lot. Some of that will be fat. Yeah. And that, it will be kind of... You're, you're going to get hit pretty hard at the uh, livestock market if you put... <laughs> four pounds a day on your calves. Yeah, so going off kind of on a, uh, a little trail there from that segment, Jeff, we've seen at these sales that big, beautiful, hairy calves don't do as well. You know, we don't see uh, the price bump that we would want. Even though they look great, they are just have gotten too big because they've been on just the premium nutrition program, um, which is not necessarily what a buyer of that calf would want. And that's because they're going to probably not go to that back to that same nutrition plane at the right. next stage. They're going to the, go out on wheat pasture or yeah. dry grass, and, and that's not the nutrition plan that they've been on. So that's the reason there. I don't know if you want to say anything about well, that. Well, yeah. Either. I mean, if, they, if they've been fed that heavy, uh, they're likely going to just tank at that next segment they're not going to be able to maintain that body weight based upon the the feed that they're being provided so it's really important i mean for fleshy calves you're looking at anywhere from two to four dollars per hundred weight discount on that animal so it's really important to uh, watch how you're feeding those animals and it really takes some planning because you should consider you know what is your target what is your end weight what is your goal how much do you want those calves to weigh at the time when you want to sell them right and how much does that equate to per day? What's that average daily gain going to be? And then how much feed is it going to take to achieve that goal? You know, it, it's definitely something that you should put a little bit of planning into. Otherwise, like I said, you can you can lose any profits pretty quick if you overfeed them. Yeah. So we're not talking like sticky show feeds uh, from your local farm store. That's not really what <laughs> that's not what we're looking at here. No. We're looking at a, a pretty moderate. Uh, feed maybe a byproduct supplement something around 15% protein with some good energy decent quality forage good Bermuda grass something like that for them to be on Um, it doesn't take many pounds to just kind of maintain or increase their weight a little bit and we we do see cattle that are just I wouldn't say hard Jeff that's not what I, I don't like that term but they're they're just not quite as fleshy and they do a lot better they have been acclimated to just a a basic minimal ration during their preconditioning period and they are set to go on maybe a higher plane of nutrition if that's offered or they're just you know set to continue to gain in the next segment well that term that word hard that you use that floats around livestock markets all around i know that's why i said it and i'm just it can be thought of as bad but that's what buyers are looking for yeah they are i think hard probably means they're, they're, they've got some condition to them. They've got some you know, muscle, muscle definition. Uh, you know, they don't jiggle when they walk. <laughs> no um, fat pones around the, right. the tail head. Yeah. I always like to talk about nutrition. Um, I think it's a, a big component. It goes to show you, you know, thinking about it ahead of time, maybe August, September, before you wean, like, what am I going to feed these calves? 
basic supplement, talk to your county extension educator on some ideas or go to your um, feed store and, and see what their options are. I think a lot of them have a good 14, 15% supplement mm-hmm. that's pretty moderate in cost. Yeah, it, you know, we recommend like a pound and a half to two pounds of gain a day, mm-hmm. uh, even up to maybe two and a quarter. Anything over that, you're going to start to possibly get into that fleshy category. And it it's going to vary with genetics, right? If and you, it depends on frame size. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, lots of different things. You know, I would also recommend getting your hay tested for Good its um, nutrition content, yeah. right? Um, I, I visited with a, a producer a couple years back and um, was just talking about their their nutrition program, their, their preconditioning program. Uh, program that they were feeding their calves and um, he was feeding about a 14% protein supplement mm-hmm. right but then he also mentioned to me that he had his hay tested and he said that his hay had tested at like 12 to 14% protein oh, wow. as well so he was really doubling up on the protein and he didn't need to yeah you know he could cut back on on feeding that concentrate that supplement mm-hmm. and save a little bit of money so it's important to to look at different things that you're doing and figure out where you can cut costs you know reduce those inputs because that's really where you make money at this game mm-hmm. we really got to monitor those inputs and so that's why i said it it really takes some planning going into it right so let's talk specifically about Oklahoma Quality Beef Network, the program. We refer to it as OQBN. We have some sales for our program, um, but you don't have to sell in those sales. We feel like this is a program that can be applied year round, You know, whether you're spring or fall calving. If you haven't weaned yet and you wanna sell uh, the last you know, week of December, there's not necessarily an OQBN sale that week, but it will work for a variety of different producers selling at a variety of different times. Yeah, producers can sell anytime they want. They can sell at any livestock market they want. Oklahoma is pretty much a, a spring calving state for the mm-hmm. most part, right? So yeah. we don't have a lot of fall calving herds in the state. So the majority of the sales that we have, the OQBN sales, are in the fall. We're right in the thick of preconditioning period, like you had mentioned earlier. The first sale we've got coming up is November 3rd, and those will go all the way through at different uh, markets. They'll go through till December 14th for this year, and then we've got some next year, uh, January 25th and February 8th, I think. So there's still time to get into some sales if a producer is interested. Uh, you're by no means out of the game at this point. You can still get in. Some of the requirements that we have for the program uh, like I mentioned earlier, that the vaccine is is really important, and uh, we require that they're vaccinated with two rounds of a five-way respiratory vaccine, vaccinated with two rounds of at least a seven-way clostridial vaccine. Again, that's that black leg, uh, and then vaccinated with one dose of the Mannheimia hemolytica. Um, big words here. We're yeah, words. Uh, also known as the shipping fever vaccine. Mm-hmm. They have to be weaned a minimum of 45 days. All bulls have to be castrated and healed. Any horned animals have to be dehorned and healed. Uh, the healed part is really important. Uh, you can't castrate your animals a week before sale and take them in. Uh, that's not going to work. Animals should be bunk trained so that they're familiar with where to go for feed. Again, that goes to that next segment of the industry. If they know where to go for feed right away, they're going to be less likely to lose any weight at the feedlot. Producers have to be BQA certified. Uh, This is kind of just a proactive move that we made 
more and more into the, of the industry is requiring BQA certification. Uh, some packing plants will only buy from feedlots that are BQA certified. So that's one thing that we went ahead and added to the requirements. And that's Beef Quality Assurance, and that's instituted by the Beef Council, Oklahoma Beef Council, but Extension uh, does do trainings, and we can do it, you can do trainings online, but we do have some live trainings occasionally across the state. And so if you're interested in those, talk to your Extension educator. Um, We can get some of those set up, or we can set you up with an online training um, to get certified. Also, calves have to be ranch-raised. All calves have to be from the ranch of origin. You can't buy... Uh, lots of calves and assemble them. Calves then have to be ID'd with a program ear tag. You can purchase our program ear tags on our website. And then calves have to be third-party verified. And that's really one of the requirements that really separates ours from other programs that are out there. Uh, All the county educators and area livestock specialists, myself, everyone across the state, we all participate in this third-party verification. And that's really the thing, like I said, that separates our program because we go out and we verify those calves that they all have been treated with the vaccines that we require and that all the procedures that are necessary have been done. And so buyers really put a lot of peace of mind in that third-party verification. Yeah, I think that's where we shine. And I, I do as a livestock specialist, do some of those verifications, and I really actually enjoy it. I enjoy getting on the farms, meeting the producers, seeing the calves. It's nice to just get out. I think that's where our program is really good. It makes a connection. Sure, absolutely. Now, I would um, add, Jeff, there's a specific part of our vaccines. We require a modified live for the most part. A killed can work its way in there. We have variety of different options you can use but if you've been using commonly using a killed respiratory vaccine we uh you need to talk to us to see how that works into the program yeah i would i mean my recommendation is if you're interested in doing the program take a look at our health protocols and the options uh and when i say options i'm talking about Uh, the timing that you're giving those vaccines to the animals take a look at that and then talk to your veterinarian they're really going to be able to help you because they're going to know your herd and they're going to know how to help you achieve one of those options. Because if your calves or your cattle have never been vaccinated with a modified live vaccine, if your calves are still on the cows and you're vaccinating, now isn't the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of components with the vaccines. And so if you're not comfortable, it's okay with, you know, not comfortable with how, how this works. We are happy to help you work through that because a lot of people have questions. Sure. There, uh, that's, there's a lot of questions that revolve around the, the vaccines, um, you know, the modified live versus the killed, when you can use it, when you can't use it. Um, <clears throat> and I won't go into great detail about it now uh, because it is a kind of a lengthy discussion. Yeah, we'll have it a can future be. episode. Sure, we'll yeah. Um, but just pay attention to that, you know, when you're reviewing that information and, and see which one works best for your operation, which option based on the timing. There's a branding and weaning option. There's a pre-weaning weaning option. And then there's a weaning post weaning option for giving those vaccinations. So there should be one that fits just about everybody's operation out there. Yeah, very good. And I definitely encourage you if you're new and you want to try this out, give us a call. And we'll work your way through it. We'll give you maybe like a, a little rundown on what you need to have, what you need to do, get you set up right. 
And I think that that's a great summary of the program. Jeff, do you have anything else to add? Like Dana said, give us a call. We'd love to get you enrolled in the program. And, and if it's not our program, you know, there's other programs out there as well. Our main goal is we're just advocating for the production of higher quality cattle across the state of Oklahoma, you know, in neighboring states. So if it's not ours, participate in one, one of the other programs because there is value in doing these things. And producers should look into it research it a little bit and uh, take advantage of it if it fits your your model thank you so much jeff for letting me come into your office and record this today Um, if you have any questions we will have some information on the blog post for the podcast and i will link back to the oqbm website where you can order tags all the information about the program but definitely give us a call we'll have some contact information on there And with that, have a great fall day, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Dana. Go Pokes. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.